With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to LetterMonroe.com. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook. It is early signing period time here. Spencer, we made it. We made it through the end of 2020 on the recruiting trail. The class of 2021 is about to put pen to paper and officially become Buckeyes um, in, a, in a cycle that certainly could have gone different. I think that, you know, we talked so much back in uh, April and May about the potential for this class to finish as the number one class in the country. It doesn't look like they're going to, uh, you know, there's still a few moving parts, but overall you're looking at a top three class, no matter what and the big 10, the best class by a wide, wide margin. Um, and a class that, you know, was, let's just call it. I mean, they were impacted by the COVID-19 dead periods um, that had been ongoing since March. It did slow down the Buckeyes momentum, but, so what? Uh, everyone else had to deal with it as well. And, and now, um, finally, there's going to be an opportunity for Ryan Day, for Mark Pantone, and, and the class of 2021 to take a deep breath. So as you look at these 21 current commitments, Spencer, first thing, first thought that pops into your head is what? Um, the first thought that pops into my head, I guess, would have to be the offensive skill talent that they've brought in. Uh, it, it seems like Ohio State has had the best offensive skill talent in the Big Ten in the Midwest. Um, I, I won't go as far as say the country just because there are times where, you know, a certain running back room is deeper than the Buckeyes or a certain wide receiver group one to four might be uh, right. more top heavier than the Buckeyes or the quarterback. You know, they haven't always had the best quarterback in the country. I think Ohio State upgraded at at every skill possession they position they could in this in this recruiting cycle. When you look at a five-star running back and the sixth-ranked running back in the class. You look at a five-star quarterback who's been a five-star quarterback and had the five-star pedigree since he really made his way on to the 24-7 composite rankings. You look at getting the number one receiver in the class, a guy who's not as highly ranked as uh, a Julian Fleming was last year, but a guy who can contribute right away. Like The offensive skill talent that Ohio State brought in, you even go down to the tight end with Sam Hart, the guys they brought in, I think the upgraded offensive skill talent, and that's just very scary thought for the rest of the Big Ten. Yeah, five five-star commitments at this point, getting ready to sign with Ohio State on Wednesday. Um, a class that's represented by twelve different states. It is a a very complete group, and that's something that the Buckeyes have tried to do fairly regularly in these last few years. Is is they go out there, and the goal is to sign a complete football team every year. Um, and so they certainly uh, are on their way to doing that this week. So the signing period runs from Wednesday to Friday. The expectation for Ohio State is that all 21 commits will sign on Wednesday. Um, you know, we, we wrote last week at Letterman Row about the guys that are going to be enrolling early. Right now, they're talking about at least 14 guys. If Emeka Abuka decides to enroll early, he'd be the 15th. You're talking 15 of 21 kids in this class. That are all that are going to be on campus next month, and I think that that underscores 
to me, how important it is for them to just get there because so many of these kids have not even been on campus to meet with coaches. And so now getting there early not only helps their development as far as getting ready to play next year, but it also is incredibly important for their relationships with their coaches and their teammates because they don't know each other um, in, in the same way that other classes have had the opportunity to know each other. Yes, the internet exists and it's great and Zoom calls like this are, are helpful and FaceTime, but what you're talking about, uh, not being able to interact with people in person, it does change things a little bit. And I think that, what I said, 15 out of 21 uh, guys probably enrolling early if Abuka decides to. And I, again, I, as I said on uh, the last episode of Talking Stuff, I do think that will ultimately be his decision. But um, Spencer and I are going to go just position by position uh, in this class uh, and, and kind of break down whether it's the biggest story of the of the um, of that position, or just like a fun anecdote, or you know, uh, comments or things that I've heard about those players um, through the last eighteen months, so we'll start at quarterback. I think uh, because that's where everything starts when it comes to recruiting, and that's Kyle McCord, Philadelphia St. Joe's Prep. He's been committed to Ohio State uh, since April of 2019. After visiting the school twice uh, in February of 2019 and then again for the spring game in April. And Spencer, Kyle McCord was handpicked by Ryan Day. So that's the first and most important thing for people to understand. The Buckeyes had a group of kids that they were trying to decide from. Uh, that included Drake May, who's going to North Carolina that and was previously committed to Alabama. That includes J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan commitment, at quarterback and a five-star commit. Um, and basically, Ohio State had to determine which quarterback was going to be the right fit for what they want to do and landed on McCord. Um, I know that from talking to you about him in off-record situations and just a regular conversation, that you've actually been a fan of him for before you even started with uh, Letterman Rowe. Absolutely. When uh, when Ohio State first offered him, I believe um, I was still in college. I was sitting around watching some highlights of him just because I had seen the offer come through. I was like, let me check this guy out. I, the, the second throw I saw was a throw over the middle. It was like a 30 yard rope uh, and, and it went on a post route to the end zone. And I told uh, somebody that I know I went to college with, I said, this kid's going to be the best quarterback in the country. Like that, that arm talent you can't teach, that accuracy you can't teach. Throwing a post route the way he did, it, it looked like uh, the, the throw it reminded me of was when Justin Fields hit Ben Victor in the back of the end zone actually against Miami last year. I'm getting really specific, but it's just that throw stands out, and I'll never forget it because the day he committed to Ohio State, I said, that's the kid I watched that, that was so talented that I, I could see the potential there. And for Ohio State to, to get him as early as they did in this class from out of state to build with Jack Sawyer and to, to really have a guy on offense and a guy on defense, five-star commits to be the, the centerpieces of this class. Um, I don't want to jump the gun and talk about Jack Sawyer at all but yet, but to have a guy like how McCord committed in the class and, and to show wide receiver talents and, and running back talents, hey, this is the quarterback you're going to get to play with. That's huge for a class. Yeah, and Kyle – um, was really the, the choice for Ohio State for a couple of reasons. Number one, physically at six foot four and almost 210, 215 pounds now, he is more physical. Uh, he's more physically ready for college than some of the other younger quarterbacks are. His arm strength, 247 sports, they did their superlatives for the class of 2021, the quarterback rankings. 
and he was listed as the biggest arm, like the the, the biggest arm in the class. Um, but really, Ohio State picked Kyle McCord because of his ability to throw the ball on time and the ability to throw the ball in the right spot. And ultimately, that's what caught the attention of, of the Buckeyes and why Kyle McCord, um, who is a top 25 player in the class, a five-star consensus five-star, is the choice. And he's going to be on campus in, in two weeks. And I'm telling you, I, I talked a lot about Mayan Williams a year ago, and I thought that he'd be a guy that was going to impress people when they got a chance to meet him and see him in person. And because of the way that 2020 has worked out with CJ Stroud and Jack Miller, I think that there's going to be a really interesting opportunity for Kyle McCord to push for significant playing time as a freshman. And I know that CJ Stroud's a five-star kid and Kyle uh, Jack Miller was a highly ranked four-star quarterback for the majority of his uh, high school days before he dealt with some injury stuff. I just feel like there's something different about McCord and what he's going to bring. The pedigree is different. His dad was a Big Ten uh, football player at Rutgers. He works and is trained by Phil Sims. And, and um, I, you know, how do you beat that? I mean, if Phil Sims is not like Phil Sims is not some guy that you know played quarterback at a low level. You're talking about an NFL MVP and Super Bowl MVP, uh, and a guy that actually played the position. I think a lot very similar to the way that Kyle does, which is keep your mouth shut and just throw the football. Um, and I think fans are really going to like what they get out of Kyle McCord. He's been on Bermanology many times. If people are watching this channel, you've seen it. He's just an extremely mature and extremely well-rounded uh, young guy. And I think that people are going to love him. Um, speaking of guys that people are going to love, I mean, you, you've seen Travion Henderson at running back for Ohio State in the last uh, handful of months develop this reputation and, and leader in the class um, role. And the combination of Travion Henderson, the country's number one ranked running back, and Evan Pryor, the country's number two ranked all-purpose back, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and, you know, we talked about 2020 running back situation over and over and over. And People were so disappointed that Ohio State couldn't close on Bajan Robinson and lost on Jalen Knighton at the same time. And lo and behold, things turned out pretty well. So, Spencer, for you in the running back position, what is the, the takeaway? Uh, the takeaway is that, that Tony Alford completely rebounded. I don't think it was his fault, so it's hard to really pin the blame on him in 2020. But when you look at Bajan Robinson and Jalen Knighton, both the success that they've had, they've both had in their freshman year of college. Like they are very talented players. And for Ohio State to, to not really be missing that because Master Teague and Trey Sermon have done a great job this year uh, with the five games that they've had to work with, you can imagine what a guy like John Robinson would have looked like lining this up beside Justin Fields because he probably would be right in the mix for those spots. So to, to fast track that to two of the top six running backs overall in the class in 2021, I mean, that's it's a little absurd, uh, don't you think, Brent? Yeah, I do. And, but it also speaks to what Ohio State uh, is to these kids. And, and I, I've asked a handful of the recruits like a you know, questionnaire this week and who's like the most competitive people in the class, who's the funniest, smartest, blah, blah, blah. And I'll have something on that later this week. And most competitive, Trey, Rion Henderson and Evan Pryor were both mentioned by multiple people. And neither one of those guys is content on the idea that they're going to come into Ohio State and get beat out by the other. They, they're becoming very good friends. They are going to push each other. They're going to make each other better. 
And I think it's going to be really wild to see how this plays out in these next handful of months because obviously we don't know what's going on with Marcus Crowley entirely. Master Teague has, you know, done a great job. Um, and then you have Mayan Williams and, and of course, Steel Chambers as well. So, like, there's going to be six guys in that room next year that are all capable and all very, uh, you know, good uh, football players that are going to compete for for the ball. So, um, you know, the Buckeyes are in a good position moving forward, running back to get Henderson, who's a top 10 player, to commit when he did, when he'd never been on campus before, was incredible. Um, you know, and, and it was very interesting because there was a day in March when the Buckeyes 2021 recruiting class could have been one running back and it could have been Donovan Edwards, who has not yet made his decision. And the Buckeyes kind of took a chance and told Donovan uh, during a visit, hey, you you can be the guy right now. You can commit and, and, and we'll put it away with everyone else. And he opted not to. And within two weeks, they had two of the top five running backs in the country committed. And and it's a very good lesson on the recruiting trail. Like you, if you're a young guy and you know where you want to go, um, it, especially in this era, it, it may be in your best interest to just go ahead and say not play any sort of game. Not that Donovan Edwards was playing a game. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that, but you know, if you're not ready, if you're not ready to go, somebody else probably is. And uh, the Buckeyes were not in a position where they were going to wait because of what happened in 2020. 2020 Spencer was the year of the wide receiver, of course, for Ohio state with uh, three five-star receivers that they signed in that class. And now they're on the precipice of signing three top-ranked receivers, three top 15-ranked receivers in 2021. Emeka Buka, obviously the, the headliner there, is the number one-ranked player in the country to position. I'm struck by how similar Abuka, Marvin Harrison, and Jaden Ballard are personality-wise. They're all extremely down-to-earth, extremely quiet, um, kids who are extremely confident in what they can do physically, but don't talk about it. Yeah, and, and that makes sense because that's the kind of guys Brian Harline wants in his room, the guys who just kind of shut up and do their work, and when they score a touchdown, then they can say something. And I think that's what you're seeing out of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. You know, Chris Olave likes to do his little dance. I don't know what it's, what it's called or anything. And Garrett yeah. Wilson just scored a touchdown against Michigan State and pointed at his bicep. And, and like, they, they don't say anything until it's time to celebrate a touchdown. And I feel like that's exactly how – Marvin Harrison's going to be, and Jaden Ballard's going to be, and Emeka Book is going to be. They're such competitive guys, but they just put their head down, they go to work, and they fit right into the room. They fit right where where everybody needs to be, and and they they just work hard. And and that's yeah. that's the the nature of the room. And Brian Harlan is doing a great job um, of of finding guys that fit the room, but are also top fifteen receivers in the country. And I do want to add one thing. I would not be surprised if, if Jaden Ballard moves up in the rankings because he was at 97 throughout most of 2020. And for some reason, these last rankings went back down to a 96 in the composite rankings. Don't be surprised if he creeps back up toward that 40 to 50 range in the country. Yeah, Jaden is a, a really special athlete, a very dynamic basketball player. Uh, Mecca Abuka is, a, is one of these kids that, you know, can pretty much do whatever he wants athletically. And then you have Harrison, who's, six foot four, almost 200 pounds and has, you know, NFL roots. Um, uh, his father's one of the best receivers in the history of the league. It, it's a pretty good group. Um, I think that it's going to get less fanfare than the 2020 group, obviously, 
because it's not three five-star kids, uh, three five-star prospects. But as far as what this group is going to do down the road, I think it's a a group that's going to be really special. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on each position, so we'll keep it moving. Sam Hart, tight end. Spencer, Ohio State's um, last few years have been back and forth between this idea of one or two tight ends in the class, one or two tight ends in the class. And they absolutely would have loved to take a pair of tight ends in the class of 2021. Hudson Wolf ended up committing to Tennessee before he just last week flipped to uh, Ole Miss. But they they settled on Sam Hart, who committed last December, um, and they've never looked back. And I was told early in the process by someone close to the Buckeyes that they thought that Sam Hart was a poor man's Jeremy Ruckert. Um, and that's pretty good. You know, if you're looking for that, if you're looking for a comparison, that's what it would be, the, the athletic profile. All-state wrestler in in in, uh, in high school, one of the best wrestlers in the country in the heavyweight division. So you know you're getting a scrappy dude, like a guy that's going to go out and fight and work. And um, but again, super quiet. Not a kid that is going to be awful uh, braggadocious or 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 gaudy, but a solid kid that sees Ohio State as an opportunity to develop him as a full tight end. Yeah, and he's going to fit right in with the offensive linemen that they've got coming in. I think he's going to fit in well with the wide receivers they've got coming in. So I think, you know, these these tight ends, the way Ohio State uses them, they need to be able to fit in with that offensive line room. They also need to be able to do a little bit of the receiving when they when they need to. And and I think that he fits both of those categories. He's scrappy enough to, to block and get his hands dirty in the dirt. And, and, and being a three-point stance, he's also capable of doing exactly what Jeremy Ruckert's doing, and that's come across a formation and catch a pass and, and score a touchdown. So – he can do both things. I think I think he does fit in really nicely with the way the offense wants to run. And then I uh, I want to ask you about the offensive line, but if you've got anything else on Sam, then, then go ahead. No, I just think that people need to look uh, at the ranking there and, and not pay that much attention. He's the second lowest rated player in the class uh, at a three-star um, designation. But I think that a, a player like Sam Hart was really hurt by the fact that there weren't camps and stuff this year where his body as it's grown and he's in that six foot five, 235 pound range now where he can really go out and show what he could do athletically um, playing in a, in a Aurora, Colorado. It's not like he's on, on the national scene very much, um, but athletically he's a lot better than his ranking indicates, but the rankings are based on a number of things, but Ohio state took a commitment from him last December and have, you know, fought to keep him in the class for an entire year. So, that should at least let people know how confident they are about Sam and what they think they're getting with him. Go to the offensive line. Talk to me. All right. So we've got a five-star, Donovan Jackson. They've got uh, guys in Mikulski, Mikulski, Mikulski. And then they've got Mikulski. Ben Chrisman, who at one point was a top 30, 40 player in the country and has since slipped for some reason. If we can get an explanation on that, that'd be great um, because I think he's a really talented guy. Donovan Jackson and Ben Chrisman. Can they be contributors in the two deep next year? I think the one thing about Donovan Jackson, who I think is probably the most physical offensive lineman in the class of 2021, he is just a a road grader. The dude is very, very mean on the football field. Um, the, The only thing that really slows him down, I think, is the fact that he's not enrolling early. Uh, he's one of you know the, the six guys that aren't. Um, 
I, I believe that he is good enough and cerebral enough to understand the offense from the moment he gets there. Um, and I think that you will definitely see him in the two deep next year. I just think he's too good to keep out of it. I mean, I, I, Donovan Jackson is probably one of the three or four best offensive linemen in the last three years of, of high school football recruiting. Uh, so I, I think that it's really going to be hard to keep him off the field. I do think that he'd be, you know, helped by enrolling early, but he's not. So no big deal. Uh, you know, Ben Chrisman. Ben's a kid that as a junior at six foot five, 300 pounds, coming off of a pretty good sophomore year, um, there wasn't like an elevation in his physical dominance in games. And I think that that's what people see on tape. He obviously uh, has the size that you're looking for in the Big Ten. He's a kid that is very smart and extremely aggressive, hardworking. But there wasn't – I don't know how to say this. When you're talking about offensive linemen in, in high school, playing in a place like Richfield Revere High School, you you would think that if you watched him on tape, he would be just beating the doors off of everyone. And he wasn't always doing that. And I think that's where – the the rankings, especially again, because you're losing camp settings and stuff like that, that I don't think he was served by by that. Um, he is enrolling early and, and he's going to compete. And the nice thing about Ben is that he's flexible enough to play tackle or guard. And the same with Zen Mohalski as well. Like those kids are all going to be able to move around the line and play one of, of maybe all five positions. So you know, for Ohio State heading into next year, they're not a huge need on the offensive line. Um, they did not get a true tackle in this class yet uh, other than Mahalski, and he's only played football for like two years. So you can't really pencil him in as a early contributor there. Um, I think that if we're looking at the big picture of this class, one of the the biggest losses was not being able to, to reel in J.C. Latham when they were really the team to beat for a long time. And he's going to end up at Bama and he's going to play early in Alabama. I think that like when we look back on the class of 2021, that'll be one of those pivotal moments where Alabama took the title from. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's lump the front seven in because there's only one linebacker in this class. So let's let's, well, let's just start that. with Reed Carrico. Reed Carrico is a guy Ohio State knew exactly what they were getting in Reed Carrico from the moment they saw him on tape. He was never going to be let out of Ohio. He is the quintessential Ohio linebacker, and he is going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, banging heads over the next four years. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And then we talk. Go ahead. I really enjoyed getting to know Reed a little bit this fall and watching him play in person and, and uh, you just talk to him and you know exactly what he's about. Really, I mean, he just yeah. just a guy who's going to hit really, really hard. Um, he's actually got a knack for the football. So you, don't be surprised if throughout his career you see him with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, whether it be an interception or he just happens to pick up a fumble, like he just knows where the football is. And so I think that's like his biggest trait. When he when he sees the ball snapped, he's moving right away. 
You don't yeah. always see that in a high school kid. You see it a lot of times in Pete Werner and Tuck Moreland and Baron Browning. You can't really teach it either. But right when the ball snapped, he's moving. He knows exactly where he needs to be, and he can blow people up. And I am very excited to watch Reed over the next few years. Yeah, I think Reed, the, the mention of Pete Werner is a good comparison. I think that's probably his profile uh, down the road. Um, he's going to be an all-Big Ten type player without question. And then if we're talking front seven on the defense, obviously you have to start with Jack Sawyer. Um, you know, we've talked about Jack and his upside and, and the things that he can be. Uh, again, though, like with Ben Christman, for example, I don't think that people have always seen Jack dominate the way that you – like if you go back and watch Jadavion Clowney's film back in when he was coming out of uh, South Carolina in high school, like it's absurd what he was doing on every single play. Jack has that ability, um, and I think that the, the challenge for Larry Johnson is going to be how do you make sure that's coming through on every single play. But upside-wise, the polish in his game he is far beyond where, like, Zach Harrison was coming out of high school, far beyond where I, – I mean, probably on the same level, like where Chase Young was coming out of the Matha, um, but physically way better than Chase was as far as – size coming out of high school. Chase was, you know, six foot five, 235 pounds as a freshman at Ohio State, and Jack going to come in at 260. So you you have all the pieces there for sure. Um, and I know you've talked about the fact that Michael Hall, you think, as a defensive tackle in this class, is one of the most overlooked players in the class. Yeah, I, I am a big fan of Michael Hall. I think Mike, Mike, Mike or Michael, whatever he wants to go by, I'm just going to call it because he's kind of an intimidating guy, but he's also like a, you know, he's always got a smile on his face. He can be the leader of a defense, uh, from a defensive tackle spot, which isn't an easy thing to do, but he just mauls people on the inside. I think he can contribute right away. When you look at the depth chart and defensive tackle, Ohio State's going to have to replace a couple guys, I think, because I think guys are going to depart for the NFL draft. He can step in. He can make an impact, and I think he's going to next year because he – you told me when he committed that he was one of the top interior defensive linemen in the, in the state since Adolphus Washington. Yeah, I was that, told pretty plainly that uh, by someone who knows these things that they thought he was the best interior lineman in Ohio in the last 10 years. And that makes sense. He, if you watch, like, I encourage fans to go watch the film. You'll, you'll be very impressed, and you'll be excited to watch him next year. Uh, his mom told me, his mom, Linda, told me that he is the LeBron James of Streetsboro. And uh, Mike Hall has been a really uh, fun kid to cover. He's extremely affable, funny, um, outgoing, and a kid that is going to follow in the footsteps of guys like B.B. Landers, who people just always liked the way that he presented himself and the, 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 always seemed to be having a good time. And Michael Hall will be that type of personality around the Ohio State program, which they're going to need because you're losing guys like Jonathan Cooper, um, you know, in the next couple years. And you need that sort of big, boisterous, loud presence. And, and he's going to be that guy in a, in a group that is becoming known for being ultra serious. And, you know, all these kids are kind of taking on this whole, you know, all business, all the time approach. Mike Hall is a, is a refreshing variance from that. Um, and before you continue, I, I also encourage people if they didn't watch the all 2021 Zoom Zoom call that you did, 
there are some moments that if you just watch Mike, you can tell his personality just by watching it because he was cracking me up during that show. Yeah, and he, you can always tell with Michael that he feels like there's something else he wants to say all the time, but it, it, he does a really uh, as good a job as he can in biting his tongue, which I'm, I'm always a fan of. Just I think that it's funny to see kids who are okay just being themselves. I, I, I applaud that. Um, Tyleek Williams, who's the most recent addition to the defensive line group in the class of 2021, um, is from Virginia, a highly ranked player, guy that I think Buckeyes fans didn't have any real idea of, but that's because that's the way Larry Johnson recruits. He doesn't, you know, Larry Johnson recruits kids that have Larry Johnson's personality in a lot of times, um, and they don't want a lot of the attention. Tyleek is enrolling early, six foot three, over 315 pounds. He's going to be a, a big run stopping defensive tackle and maybe the true one tech uh, in this class for the Buckeyes. Obviously, there is one more super big fish at the defensive tackle or defensive end, defensive line position that the Buckeyes are going after, but uh, we'll talk about him for the next five months. So uh, let's stick with the kids that are signing this week. Moving on, Spencer. Defensive backs, the big the big haul. There are a lot of them. Uh, there are quite a few of them. Berm, I want to ask, uh, this is where I'm just going to ask you a couple questions and then I'll just give a little bit of insight because there's just so many of them, we can't get through all of them. Who is the most likely guy in this defensive back hall to step in and and take on a role right away? Well, you know, I, I think the natural answers are, are the two highest rated players at the position, which is Jordan Hancock and, um, and J.K. Johnson, especially considering those two are the pure cornerbacks in the class. And that's a position where Ohio State is going to need some help um, with Sean Wade moving on. There's still discussion about seven banks potentially leaving. Uh, for the NFL and taking his shot. So there's going to be an opportunity for the young guys to step in at corner. But unfortunately, neither JK nor uh, Jordan Hancock are enrolling early. So that does put them in a in a pinch. So if you look at the guys that are enrolling early, it's Jansen Dunn and it's Denzel Burke. Uh, I would say that of those two, Jansen is probably the more ready to go uh, from a physical standpoint. He's obviously played defensive back a lot longer. Denzel is just starting to turn his focus to playing full-time defense. Um, and and I, I really think that those two are going to compete. I really like Jansen Dunn. He reminds me of, of, of Ryan Watts quite a bit. And, and those two have trained together and they worked out together. So their games have a, lo a lot of similarity. Um, so I, I think Jansen Dunn is probably my answer. But that reserves the right to change because Jordan Hancock is a really special corner uh, prospect. And J.K. Johnson is just one of those guys. He reminds me of Damon Arnett, kind of real physical, a kid that's going to really piss off opponents sometimes. And he might get a little loose and a little sloppy sometimes, but he, he's, he's a kid who his head coach, Robert Steeples, is a former uh, Division One cornerback, former NFL cornerback. Like, so he's at least getting some real good – technical coaching in high school, which a lot of kids of that athletic ability can't get. So I think that there's some real value there. I, I do think that the Buckeyes would love for those two to be enrolling early, but neither of them are. So, um, you know, and then uh, I guess that's where I'd go. And then you, of course, you have Andre Turrentine, who's maybe the most overlooked member of this class. Nobody has talked a lot about him. Um, but similar to what I said earlier with Sam Hart, Ohio State took a commitment from Andre Turrentine when they had dozens of other defensive backs around the country waiting to get into this class. And 
Uh, I think it speaks volumes of the way that Kerry Combs and Matt Barnes and Mark Pantone and Ryan Day see him. So don't overlook him or Jalen Johnson, who is um, the heart and soul of, of the class of 2021. Yes, Jack Sawyer was the first commitment. Yes, Ben Christman and, and Kyle McCord were early um, verbals and, and they were, you know, kind of the lightning rods to get people's attention. But nobody in the class of 2021 worked harder for the class of 2021 than Jalen Johnson. And Jordan Hancock would not be committed to Ohio State without Jalen Johnson. Um, you know, and he's really um, got that sort of personality where people are going to are going to follow him. He's a leader. He is the lowest ranked member of the class. But I would venture to say that the class means more to Jalen Johnson than it does anyone else. Yeah, that's. It's a good good thing to bring up. I wanted to add a little bit just about this 2021 class. Remember, Tony Grimes was supposed to be in this class, and and he was the number one uh, recruit in the country. The guy, every Ohio State fan was like, it's Ohio State in on Tony Grimes, it's Ohio State in on Tony Grimes. All along, Ohio State had Jordan Hancock at the very top of that cornerback board. And for Ohio State to flip him from Clemson, again, from Clemson being the school that they flipped him from, that is a huge accomplishment for Ohio State to get a guy to flip from Davos Wings program and not just not go to Clemson, but to also come to Ohio State. That's massive in that budding rivalry that is the college football playoff, Ohio State, Clemson. Everyone knows about it. That's huge. And so if he can step in and, and make an impact just getting on campus June, July, August, that'll speak volumes to how good he is. I'm really excited to watch this defensive backs class because I think they're probably going to be a close group of guys because they all came in. You know, there's what seven of them. They're all coming in. They're going to have to just put their nose down and work hard or else they're going to get left behind because there's too many guys in the room now, especially right in their class for them to slack off at all or else they're going to fall behind. So I think it's going to be a really fun group to watch because you've got so many guys vying for so few positions. I think it's going to be fun. What I'm, I think is most interesting about the defensive backs is that you have your two true corners. You have two true safeties in Turrentine. And Jansen Dunn, or uh, Turrentine and Dunn, and then you have, or I'm sorry, Turrentine and Jalen Johnson, and then you have two kind of combo players in Jansen Dunn and uh, and uh, Denzel Burke, who could play either spot. And I think that it just speaks to what Ohio State's looking for is that well-rounded, versatile guy. Um, and we'll wrap this up. This episode of Talking Stuff brought to you by Myers Auto uh, and Letterman Row. Can't leave out the punter, Spencer. Buckeyes do uh, have a punter signed in this class, Jesse Murko. Um, he's actually already signed. He's a 24-year-old from Australia, and he's going to be the Ohio State punter next year. So um, people should get used to seeing him uh, around campus. A former you know, rugby player, a guy that comes over similar path that Cameron Johnston came to from uh, pro kick in Australia. And, um what can you say? I mean, everyone in the country has an Australian punter at this point, and you know what to expect. Did you say that he was 26 or 24? I don't know. It could be 35. I'm not sure. I think he's 24, so though. If he's So when he's a senior at 27 or 28, there will be guys in that locker room that are 17 and 18 that are 10 years younger than the punter. I just think yeah, that's I mean, Yeah, he's just as old as you. So, I mean, you guys yeah. uh, will be able to talk about you know, where, where to register for wedding gifts, I guess, at the same but, time. So, But I don't know how much I have in common with a rugby, with a former rugby player from Australia. I'm not sure, but um, Ohio it's never State too fans, late to, It's never too late to learn, Spencer. Get to know him. I don't know if he's a bottle flipper. So that's the first thing Ohio State fans are probably going to ask about him, and I, we'll have to find that out, I guess. 
Well, I think that is, you know, funny. Every guy that's come through Ohio State in the special teams in the last few years has had a very quirky personality. And uh, I, I think it's always fun to watch those personalities unfold, um, you know, in front of our eyes. So Jesse Marco, the punter uh, in the class of 2021, like I said, he'll be on campus already. Uh, he's already moved to Columbus and uh, is signed and, and ready to go by the Buckeyes already. So um, that's it. That's the Ohio State class of 2021 in its uh, entirety right now. All 21 are expected to sign on Wednesday. Uh, the Buckeyes are not done. However, in the class of 2021, they do have a few players left that they're going to continue to recruit through February and probably beyond. And Spencer Holbrook and myself, Jeremy Birmingham, will keep working on bringing you all the stuff about those guys as we get uh, moving forward. So uh, thanks for watching, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this a little bit longer episode. Please rate, review, subscribe. Leave us some five-star reviews. Apparently, those are very good for us. And in fact, if you have questions that you'd like answered on the show, Starting now, the only place that you're going to be able to uh, submit those and, and get them answered is in the uh, iTunes reviews. So uh, please leave a question there. Spencer and I will be monitoring that and we'll be uh, more than happy to answer them in the future. So again, for Letterman Row, this has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Buyers Automotive. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. We'll be back in a few days. Thanks for watching. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.